0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 22nd. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. We start off talking about what everybody has been talking about, and that is Ocean Gate Gate. So the search for the missing Ocean Gate Titan submarine, which disappeared on Sunday during a dive to the wreckage of the Titanic in the Atlantic Ocean, now in its fifth day. The sub, it's expected to run out of oxygen, at any minute now, and the Coast Guard has said that they have a lot of ROVs down there right now searching for the submissible submersible and any survivors on that.
1: Yeah, you know, we went back and forth before the show about how to begin the show. Did we want to talk about Mike Pence being a disingenuous lying sack of crap? Or did we want to talk about this? And we'll get to Mike Pence being a disingenuous, lying sack of crap, which we just heard him on Tony's show mm-hmm. in just a moment. So stick around for that. But we will lead with this because while Mike Pence has destroyed the country as a politician, this is literally a life and death situation. And we thought it was a more relevant to lead the show uh, with that. And look, it does not look good for these people. Unfortunately, I mean, it really hasn't looked good since they went missing. Um, There are last last ditched efforts taking place. They have speculated that the guy who was running the mission down there, he has done this many, many times, he would know ways to conserve oxygen. Potentially, he has probably instructed the people on ways to do that. There is now, I believe, the French are sending some sort of super something down there to try to do some last-ditch effort. But the problem at this point is, they estimated 7.08 was when the oxygen was going to run out. Now, again, these extra steps may have bought them an hour or two, but it would take that long to get them back up to the surface. And it is not just like, hey, we made it to the surface. It's not opening a car door. It takes a very long time to get people out of that thing. Mm -hmm. So even if you found them... It's it, time is. Time is an enemy at this point.
0: Yeah, so they've got a Canadian vessel down there which uh, is operating this ROV, which is a remote operated vehicle searching the seafloor and that's one of the first ones that has been down there. But it, just just imagine this situation that those people are in and I'm, I'm just going to try and describe it to you just a little bit. Rob, imagine that you and Kevin and Hammer and Nigel and maybe Matt Bear all decided to get in a small cylinder object the size of about a minivan hammer took a sandwich with him and matt bear took a bottle of water yeah you were supposed to be gone for a few hours and now you're on your fifth day that's the only food you have down there there's not a lot of room there's no seats they're all crouched in there they're kind of leaning with their backs curved against the cylinder shape of this vessel so it's going to be very uncomfortable it's going to be very cold there's most likely condensation on the inside and there's no bathroom This is the situation that these people have been living in while they know they're running out of oxygen. If that doesn't make you claustrophobic, I don't know what would.
1: Um, And there's some interesting audio because obviously the things that are coming out now and probably rightfully so now, look, probably should wait to do this, because the focus should be on getting these people back if possible. But many, many, quote unquote, experts are starting to pick apart all sorts of flaws in this vessel, the way it was done, the way it was put together, the guy who ran the company. I mean, this is, you know, we live in an instant information cycle. And um, the CEO of this company, OceanGate, is now under immense scrutiny. And some audio has popped up of him talking about the sort of people that he hired. And it sounds like getting the best wasn't exactly maybe his goal.
0: Not top priority. He wanted to get people who were more inspirational.
1: Yeah. So here's a little piece of audio from the CEO of OceanGate.
2: To what he talks about, the CEO talks about hiring people.
3: Uh, Yes. I mean, when I started the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub operators out there, but they, they typically... Um, have uh, gentlemen who are ex-military submariners, and they—you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to, to go pursue marine technology, but a 25-year-old, uh, you know, who's a sub pilot or a, a platform operator, one of our techs, can be inspirational. So we've really tried to to get. Um, very intelligent, motivated, younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and uh, some of the the preponderance of checklists, uh, things we do for risk assessments and things like that that are more aviation related than um, ocean related. And we can train people to do that. We can train someone to pilot the sub. We use a game controller um, so anybody can drive the sub.
0: Doesn't sound like they invested in maybe the top line equipment.
3: Well, and look, again, and
1: this, there'll be plenty of time for this. It would probably be best for everybody to keep their focus on getting these people back alive, if indeed that is possible. But I just think it's another example of, you know, th- there are certain parts of the world that are just not ours, right? Yeah. Like, man has made amazing Claims to large portions of this earth, but ultimately it is God's earth. And I think there are just areas God does not want us to be. And I think where the Titanic is, is one of those. And, you know, Terry Stacy and I were talking about this in the back room yesterday. That is those people's grave. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible event in human history that happened there. That is their resting place. We have been there the whole novelty of let's see what is down there what we can learn from this you know that was 30 plus years ago that had worn out its welcome people are going now as a tourist attraction there is no evidence to be gained by being down there at this point there have been countless ventures down there that's that's theirs it's god's it's theirs leave it alone let it go let those people rest in peace and leave them alone. Maybe that's the message out of this. Just let it go. Some things are not meant to be messed with, or I mean, just it's awful. Just leave it
0: alone. Well, and as you're on your way out and about today, possibly going to work, maybe you're a little unhappy today, you're thinking, oh, I got bills to pay. Just keep this in mind. There are billionaires who would give away their entire. Life savings to change places with you right now.
1: All right, when we come back, Casey, uh, we've got so much Mike Pence to talk about. So he he went on with Tony, and as he always does, he lied out his backside. This guy is a complete piece of crap. We're going to play you the audio that is in direct conflict of what he said to Tony, with Tony just moments ago. We've got Mike Pence doing a victory lap that Eric Holcomb, you remember Holcomb, right? Mm -hmm. The guy who all the tax increases, shut the state down, put million-plus people out of work, Tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. Buddied up with Malik Muhammad. Holcomb's endorsed Pence. Pence is uber excited about that. We got so much Mike Pence to talk about. It's on the way with
0: Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Allergic to personal scandal. That's how Eric Holcomb described Mike Pence. Eric Holcomb has endorsed Mike Pence for president (laughs) in 24. It's the highest profile Republican endorsement that Pence's campaign has received to date. Eric Holcomb said that Pence is honest, he has integrity, (laughs) and that he is allergic to personal scandal.
1: Oh my gosh, if you want to talk about two complete zeros who totally deserve each other, it would be Mike Pence and Eric Holcomb. Because if you talk about the two individuals who have grown government, both in cost and in scope in the history of the state, it would be Eric Holcomb, number one, and he learned from the best, Mike Pence, number two, two absolute total losers who did not keep their word to the taxpayers of this state and the voters of the state of what they promised to do the first time they ran for governor, those guys Put them right there together. And remember, when you're voting for president, if you vote for, now it won't matter by the time it gets here, but if you're voting for Mike Pence, you are voting for Eric Holcomb because those two guys are joined at the hip.
0: Okay. So Eric Holcomb issued this statement and it says, I've known Mike Pence for decades. Throughout the years, he's remained an honest, he's remained (laughs) as honest as the day is long. Never once has he sacrificed an ounce of integrity and service to our state nation as congressman, governor, or vice president.
1: And Pence is so excited. Pence could not be more excited to have... He sent out a big press release (laughs) to have the endorsement of the guy who shut the state down, the guy who tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, the guy who's raised more taxes than we we can count at this point, the guy who uh, called peaceful people who wanted their jobs back human Petri dishes while Malik Muhammad was a noble protester. That's who Mike Pence thinks is great. That's who support Mike Pence is proud to have. These, I am so glad Holcomb did this so that everybody can see once again who Mike Pence is, the sort of people he pals around with, and the sort of president he would be.
0: They're the same picture. They're <laughs> the same. As one who's your governor to another, I look forward to supporting him as the weeks and months ahead unfold. And then Mike Pence replied and he said, Karen and I are truly humbled by Governor Holcomb's endorsement. Well, like he expected it, right? That was his lieutenant governor. And I was asking uh, Jim Merritt um, about this and he said that he was really surprised that Eric Holcomb didn't go Go to Iowa with Mike Pence, introduce him at rallies and be there to support him. And I mentioned, well, Eric Holcomb was out of the country at the time. He couldn't do that.
1: Think about the damage Eric Holcomb has done to regular people in the seven, six and a half years now that he has been governor. And think about what you have to be as a person to be elated, to have the support of the guy who did all that damage and would 100% do it again. Eric Holcomb is not sorry for anything that he did during COVID. Eric Holcomb is not sorry for any of the taxes that he has raised on regular, that have crushed regular people. The condition of this state right now sucks, Casey. And it is the fault of Eric Holcomb because he is the face and the voice and the leader of the Republican Party. And look, again, shouldn't surprise anyone because Holcomb learned it from Mike Pence. Holcomb learned was the pick of Mike Pence. Those guys are joined at the hip. So you remember when you go vote in May of next year that if you vote, cast your vote for Mike Pence, you are casting your vote for Eric Holcomb's preferred candidate for president. I can't think of a person's endorsement. I would want less in a Republican primary in Indiana than Eric Holcomb. But Mike Pence is glad to have it because they are the government growth brothers. Those guys are joined at the hip. They totally share the view of big government and big cost and making regular people pay for it. And so it shouldn't surprise anyone.
0: Okay, so Eric Holcomb said... Mike Pence is experienced. He's allergic to personal scandal, and he's prepared to serve as our president on day one. And when he was on with Tony Katz this morning, uh, Tony asked Mike Pence about experience. Well, Donald Trump is also experienced. He actually was the president. And they were, you know, going back and forth. And then Tony asked him about Getting some of these Trump voters who are upset with Mike Pence.
1: Well, and so so this is, and it's the Pence family, right? Because brother Greggy is cut from the same cloth. These people's ability to just look you in the eye and either lie to you or deceive you or screw you over—it's the equivalent of if someone walked into your living room and looked right at the in the living room floor, took a giant dump in your living room floor and then said, oh, my gosh, there's a dump right there. Someone ought to clean that up. The Greg and Mike Pence stuff during with the Keel Brothers oil company fiasco in which uh, Greggy running the joint and Mike as a prominent investor. They left taxpayers on the hook for millions of dollars of environmental cleanup because of their disaster. They left the bank that handed them the paper on the hook for millions of dollars because of their ineptitude, and they just walk away from it. They just walk away from it. Somebody somebody dumped on the living room floor. Somebody ought to clean that up. Well, you're the one who dumped on the living room floor. Yeah, somebody really ought to clean that up. That's who this family is. And their ability to lie to you when the evidence, with they do it with impunity, right? They never get punished for this, no matter how obvious the evidence is and how easily accessible the evidence is. Uh, so what I'm talking about here, so Tony, you right, Ask him about Trump and the Trump supporter, Mm -hmm. and the Trump voter, and one of the things that just amazes me is how Mike Pence has taken this phony baloney, bull crap, fake moral high horse position on January 6th, and what happened there, and how Donald Trump is this, they act like he tries to make you think that Trump was at the Capitol with with a bayonet yelling charge, when in reality, Donald Trump was raising the same concerns that Mike Pence in front of an arena full of people did in Georgia just days before January 6th. Yet he keeps this, this lie up to this day of this phony, moral, high horse position that he supposedly is able to claim because, well, I just did the only thing that was possible according to the Constitution. And Donald Trump is such a mean
0: man. <laughs> well, that's kind of what he said. So here's, uh, here he is on with Tony Katz this morning. And Tony asked him about uh, the Trump supporters and how he's going to get them back.
2: I took an oath to the Constitution of the United States that I, I swore to the American people and to Almighty God. And I, in that uh, speech, I, I laid out uh, the provisions of the Constitution uh, that I acted on and stood on uh, and by God's grace did my duty on
3: on January 6th.
2: OK, that's fine. If Mike Pence
1: had waltzed his ass in there on January 6th and in the lead up to January 6th and said, you know what? it doesn't matter. This is fait accompli. I am a rubber stamp. You people are wasting your time talking to me. Uh, It's over and done with. I would have disagreed with that, but I would have respected his ability to stand up in front of people who don't agree with him and say, it's it. It's done with. It's over. It doesn't matter. You're wasting your time if you are looking at me to help you on January 6th. But Mike Pence, as he has long been, is a person who will say one thing to your face and then he will gut you from behind and then lie to society about it. No, don't worry, Casey. By the time story hour is done, by the time this Republican presidential primary is wrapped up, we'll tell all the stories about how he did it here in the state of Indiana. But for now, here is Mike Pence in Georgia, just days before January 6th.
2: You know, I know we all, we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. Oh. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, oh. we'll have our day in Congress. Oh. We'll hear the objections. Oh. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is George's
1: day. Okay, stop that. And look, I, we're going to run just a little long here. We'll get to the news. But people, I mean, it is just so obvious. You can't make it any more obvious for people what a lying sack of crap this guy is. And he, he does it straight. I mean, it is sociopathic-esque the way this guy and this family just lies to people. Kevin, I want to play these again back to back so that there's no... Oh, you know. Oh my gosh! I, I did. I hear what I heard. We're gonna play them back to back. Here is Mike Pence on Tony's show this morning. Two and a half years later, still claiming. Oh. I don't know why anybody would have thought I could do something. I did my oath to the Constitution. Here's Tony this morning.
2: Or I, I took an oath to the Constitution of the United States that I, I swore to the American people and to Almighty God. And I, in that uh, speech, I, I laid out uh, the provisions of the Constitution uh, that I acted on and stood on uh, and, by God's grace, did my duty on on January
1: 6th. Okay. That's, t- that's Mike Pence on Tony Katz show this morning. Here is Mike Pence days before January
2: 6th. You know, I know we all, we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is George's day.
0: He said he had his concerns.
1: So when he wanted applause, because this is what Pence does, when he wanted applause and affirmation, because Mike Pence's whole life centers around affirmation in a political spectrum. He told those people what they wanted to hear. And now today, because he believes it will be beneficial for him in a presidential primary, he's telling people what they want to hear. This is a guy void of core beliefs in the political sphere. He will do and say whatever he thinks benefits him in the moment. And I can't make it any more obvious for you than we did right there.
0: You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. How many roads must a man walk down? It's a public review, a condemnation. Good morning. It is 936. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 W.I.B.C. So the House voted to censure Adam Schiff for his role in the investigations of Donald Trump, making him the 25th lawmaker to face that punishment in U.S. history. So he pretty much had to sit in the well of the House while people yelled at him.
1: Uh, Yes. Better known as my air checks here on this uh, radio station. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So look, this guy's a I mean, a complete scumbag and lied just day day in and day out about claiming to have evidence of Trump and Russia the guy is a partisan grenade thrower and finally at, i mean look it is it is essentially a slap on the wrist because that public condemnation from the republicans is means nothing to him and these people have no shame so you can't embarrass them at least it will open an ethics investigation as part of this but my goodness you have a high ranking member of the intelligence committee who was just lying to the American and knew he was lying. Said he, oh, I have the evidence. You know, it wasn't the thing like, it's right here in this drawer or whatever. And even, of course, there was no evidence because Trump didn't collude with the Russians. The Durham report 100% proved that. I know we're gonna get to Durham here later on in the, in the show. But I mean, just what a complete piece of garbage.
0: Well, it's an abuse of power, right? Because he was the chairperson of the House Intelligence Committee and he was using it As a political war and lying to the American people based on information that he said he saw nobody else saw. Yeah. Nobody nobody else had it. Falsehoods, misrepresentation, abuse of information.
2: It it, it is.
1: It was. Yeah, you're 100% right. It is another example of the government, the Democrats, the left, weaponizing their positions of power against in this case, Donald Trump, in order to try to win an election. And look, by and large, they have been pretty darn successful at it. When you look at where Trump is now and what he's facing and the things he's going through and the fact that they kept this narrative up before that for all four years he was president. they I mean, they lied, right? There's no—the Durham report definitively proves not that anybody didn't know it already. The guy lied. Adam Schiff lied. The Democrats lied. Hillary made up a report. They doctored and invented a report. And the media, because they are stooge idiot lapdogs. Sold it. Parroted the thing for four years. It Mm -hmm. worked. Everything. And this is what should bother people more than anything. These shenanigans keep working.
0: Well, (laughs) I think there was a lot of drama that we need to get through. And let's start off with. Lauren Boebert. But you know what? Before before we get into that, this is the second time they tried to do this.
1: Yes. Yes. The first time they did it, they had a fine in there. And because, again... Republicans are very weak people who believe in treating the Democrats differently than they treat them. Well, I'm not, I don't know about that. We can't do that. So they had to pull the thing mm-hmm. and then they brought it back without the fine and this finally got passed.
0: Right. Okay, so uh, we start off with Lauren, Lauren Boebert. She's just ripping him apart and mentions, I believe this is the the clip, what should be on his tombstone. If Adam Schiff has a shred of human decency left, he would resign from Congress in disgrace. His tombstone should read of his failed career in Congress time and should be expired. one word, liar, mm. I yield back. There you go. She's sassy. She, she is sassy. And she was actually getting in a fight with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah,
1: Green. and Large Marge were going at it. <laughs> and
0: we'll get into that later in the show. But then there's this uh, Democrat, Benny Thompson. He says Republicans are targeting Schiff because he's everything they wish
2: he could be. These attempts to censor Adam have been orchestrated to distract But no one is fooled. Extreme mega Republicans are targeting Adam because he's everything they wish they could be. He's tough, he's principled, and he's effective.
0: (laughs) And he lied to you for three years. (laughs) Not so principled, huh? Okay, and then we've got this other rep, Mike Quigley. He says it's because Schiff is better at debate. That's why they're targeting him.
3: But what really gnaws on the majority, what really bothers them is that Mr. Schiff was way better than anybody on their team at debate, at leadership, at messaging, at legal knowledge. He kicked their ass. Oh,
1: There's a famous line in the movie Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey where he's talking to his son. And obviously the premise of the movie is he can't tell a lie. And so his son goes, My teacher tells me beauty is on the inside. And Jim Carrey looks at him and goes, that's just something ugly people say. And this is these like this is it, right? Like these are the real beauty is on the inside when they're trying to like make up all of these reasons that the Republicans are censoring Adam Schiff. Oh, he's too charismatic. He's too good of a debater. He's a thorn in their side. No, the guy's a liar and an a-hole, and was on the intelligence committee making up stories about foreign countries being involved and in conspiring with the sitting president of the United States. That's why he's getting. Well,
0: and because he's on that committee, he can say, well, these are classified documents. You can't see them. You don't have the authority to see them. Only I can see them. And That just perpetuates the whole lie. Okay. Well, he finally had a chance to speak for himself.
2: To my Republican colleagues who introduced this resolution, I thank you. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. You, who are the authors of a big lie about the last election, must condemn the truth-tellers, and I stand proudly before you.
0: So this actually, in the most bizarro world way, is working out for him because he's fundraising because he's trying to get Dianne Feinstein's seat. And now (laughs) when they do this to him, his donors... Look at him like the victim, and then they just pony up more money for him.
1: Well, and what's he going to say? You're right. You got me. I'm a total scumbag, and I totally lied about Russia conspiring with Donald Trump. Uh, I'm going to leave now. I mean, what? Like, what's he really going to say? I mean, th- these, these politicians, and I hope the clips we played last segment with Mike Pence and the clips we're playing you with Adam Schiff show how shameless these people are. They have no... Problem lot in both cases. These Mike Pence, Adam Schiff—they are looking the American people in the face and lying to them totally different things, but they're doing
0: the same thing. Okay, so censure is essentially a formal public reprimand, okay? And it's to punish the misconduct that just falls short of warranting expulsion. So he's not getting kicked out, but he did get yelled at. Democrats were yelling, no, and shame, shame, and Adam, Adam. But here it is, Kevin McCarthy announcing that they have censured Adam Schiff.
2: Well, it's adoption of House Resolution 521. The House has resolved that the House I have all night. (laughs) By its adoption of House Resolution 521, the House has resolved. That the House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California, for misleading the American public, and for conduct unbecoming of an elected member of the House of Representatives. They
3: represent.
1: Yep. All right. It is unbecoming. Yeah. So let's take a break. When we come back, Merritt's going to join us. We're going to ask him about Holcomb's refusal to endorse Suzanne Crouch. All
0: right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: IBC it is the Kendall and Casey show I'm Rob Casey's here and oh look who it is Spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate, and now he spends his time with us. What a raw deal he got! Former State Senator Jim Merritt, how are you, my friend? Good
2: morning, Robert.
0: You could say a raw deal for a good portion of his life <laughs> with that resume. Yeah, the he, way you lined it up like that. Sorry, Jim. I'm so proud. Merritt,
1: Merritt's life—he was on a just a—he was cruising into the sunset, a beautiful life, and then he met me, and it's well, it's ever been the same. Well, all for him.
2: my ambitions are gone. Well, <laughs> I. I understand. Salted away by knowing Robert Kim- Kendall. Uh,
1: all right, Jim, let's start with uh, your former friend. I did ruin this relationship for you, and that is with the governor of the state of Indiana. Uh, he has come out, and he still refuses to endorse his lieutenant governor, again going out of his way to say, I endorse no one in this governor's race. What an insult to Suzanne Crouch.
2: Absolutely. Casey, I we talked about this on State House Happenings, and... Mm-hmm. And you know, there's two thoughts. One, if I'm Suzanne, do I really want that endorsement? Well, that's what I've been asking. Yeah, and, and but two, his hesitancy is a is a real insult mm-hmm. to to the lieutenant governor. And so on both parts, I, uh, I I would be really unhappy if I were Suzanne. But on the other side, I would think, hmm, you know, uh, he's kind of um, he's a lame duck. He doesn't go to Lincoln Day dinners. Uh, He's not really, when when he's out in Indiana meeting with people, it's more of a Chamber of Commerce lunches. And so maybe I don't, if I'm Suzanne, maybe I don't need his endorsement.
0: He's dithering just a bit, but it's not stopping her from <laughs> racking up all sorts of endorsements from other people.
2: Absolutely. She, you know, a doesn't go by when I turn on the computer and uh, <laughs> that, that she's not being endorsed by somebody either that has been in the process or in uh, in office somewhere. And, and, uh, there are a lot of people in the Republican party there that are endorsing, uh, the Lieutenant governor of the state of Indiana, Suzanne Crouch, uh, but not so much with her opponents.
1: Uh, Is she, are Indiana Republican voters naive enough to think that if you vote for her, you're not voting for four more years of Holcomb.
2: I, I think there's a, in lots of corners of the state, uh, people look at Suzanne Crouch and very nice person, but I think people in the party, uh, know um, she's uh, linked to the, the governor's state of Indiana, and there's a lot of uh, people are still sore about how the governor shut down the state of Indiana and um, and doing the best he could, flying blind, but there's still lots of angst and lots of anger um, towards uh, Governor Holcomb about, the, about his response to COVID.
1: Uh, Jim Merritt, our guest, former Indiana State Senator. We're talking about uh, Suzanne Crouch and the governor, Eric Holcomb, refusing to endorse his own lieutenant governor you won a lot of elections how many elections you win
2: a lot <laughs> eight, eight eight generals and a bunch of uh, primaries but uh, uh
1: so you're, you're qualified to answer this next question which is
2: i knocked on a few doors
1: well how does she with a straight face go oh i'm such a conservative i'm a this i'm a that and yet not how, how does she walk this tightrope because i mean She has been the biggest cheerleader and supporter of Eric Holcomb. If you like tax increases, if you like mask mandates, if you like business closures, if you like shutting society down, if you like meet and greets with the domestic terrorist, I mean, Holcomb was your guy, and she's been totally subservient to him for seven years. So how do you walk the tightrope of, well, I'm an independent person, I'm an independent thinker, and yet I mean, she I, I, she needs to condemn the guy, but how do you condemn the guy with a straight face when you've supported the whole
2: thing? Well, you you blow by it, you blur it, you um, <laughs> you do what what she's doing is she has the endorsements of everybody but. Uh, the governor and, and so, so I
1: mean all the, all the goons that support him I mean that's mm-hmm. what that's what these endorsement lists she rolls out are like I chuckle every time I get one of those mm-hmm. oh another establishment swamp creature supports you but yeah Suzanne tell us how conservative you are
2: yes and and, and it, it's very difficult for Suzanne because you know lieutenant governor's office she she manages these offices this these arms of state government but she really does she has no ability right now to prove herself And that's why, Casey, I just don't understand why these three governor candidates haven't, in the last six months or so, come forward and said, this is what I believe.
0: Okay, so you say these three candidates, well, there's more than three, but we're talking about the Republican side of things. I've seen a lot from Mike Braun making a lot of moves in the Senate, almost like he's trying to build his
2: resume before he comes back home. Yeah, he's building his resume to be a U.S. senator, he already <laughs> he's is running one. for governor. Right, exactly. So what I've always said is, Mike Braun, come home, mm. uh, leave the U.S. Senate. If you want to be governor of the state of Indiana, come home, resign. Uh, probably uh, the governor probably put banks in there because he's the one that picks the next U.S. senator if there's a an appointment. Mike Braun, come home. Campaign, go door to door. Tell us exactly what you'll do for Indiana, not in the U.S. Senate, and and be a candidate uh, for governor of the Save Indiana. And tell us what you're going to do mm-hmm. in the next four years.
1: Isn't it wild, Jim Merritt, our our guest? Isn't it wild that of the th- three Republican candidates for governor? We know far more about what the libertarian Donald Rainwater would do than any three of those people. Other than Doden, who wants to give uh, teachers are apparently better than everyone. They don't pay any taxes, and he wants the uh, state of Indiana to take over downtown Indianapolis. Other than that, there's no there's no concrete proposals from any of these
2: people. Yeah, and, and with Doden, one. Uh, One proposal that most teachers are not Republicans and that that's who you're talking to. And two, that's probably anti-constitutional. Yes. So, So, you know, this campaign for governor, these three candidates, all wonderful people. But gee whiz. Tell us what you feel. Tell, tell us where we're going, and uh, tell and, and with Suzanne, tell us how you're not like Eric Holcomb.
1: Uh, Jim Merritt, our guest, former Indiana State Senator. Speaking of Holcomb, he announced that he will not run for the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we that all went bad before. Well, the, the, yes. The, the, let's remind everybody where Holcomb was when he had to the one time in life he had to stand on his own two feet, and he didn't get to be a butt sniffer and a toady and a lackey.
2: Uh, Jim, he yeah. was uh... the, the governor was. the, the the the, uh, Republican chairman of the state of Indiana. Uh And then he was a candidate for... uh, Well, he was actually... He was Dan Coates' lackey. He, yes, he, he worked for uh, Dan Coates. Yeah. Then he ran for the U.S. Senate, uh-huh, of which Todd well. Young became successful. Yeah, and, and, that's uh, a that was a and, heck
1: of a that was a heck of a donor and lobbyist Christmas miracle that took place there <laughs> when Todd became a senator. Yeah, remember yeah. Holcomb was and you what do you say? He raised something like ninety grand. He, or something? he
2: raised ninety thousand dollars the first swoop around. Yeah, that was Indiana. like that's
1: like that's equivalent of eight cents. Yes, right?
2: and then and then really the uh, till went dry. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, all of a sudden, Sue Elsperman, who was lieutenant governor to yeah. uh, now Vice President Pence, yes, uh, uh, got off the train, yeah. the Pence train. That was amazing. And uh, the governor named his fellow Han- Hanover College yeah. alum. Lieutenant Governor, that being Eric Holcomb. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
1: so I took a stab at this on State House happenings, Casey. Would you like me to uh, repeat the? Uh, su- I came up with a summary. Yeah, you know, uh, just a short Cliff Notes version of what happened there. So yes, give it to so me. So you had Sue Elsperin, who was the in 2016. This is 2016. You had Sue Elsperin, who was the Lieutenant Governor. I know Jim's laughing right now as I begin to put this all together for you. But this is, and it's just amazing, Casey, how this all worked out just perfectly for the establishment power broker wing of. Of the Indiana Republican, or at least party. Eric Holcomb. Well, that's right. Yeah, boy, yeah. All, all cards up for Holcomb. Uh, so you had Sue Elsperman, who was. Mike Pence's lieutenant lieutenant governor. She uh, told people, I am not going negative to help you beat John Gregg because you stinks as a governor. And magically, (laughs) of all the people in the state of Indiana, she was just the most qualified person to run Ivy Tech. Seven million people in the state, she was the most qualified. And then it turned out, Casey, in an open lieutenant governor's position, of the seven million people in the state of Indiana, (laughs) the most qualified person to be the lieutenant governor was a guy who couldn't run an Arby's if his life depended on it, a guy who was so poor in his own campaign that he raised almost no money, was completely out of money, and ended up shooting baskets in all 92 counties as a campaign strategy, Mm -hmm. Eric Holcomb. Mm -hmm. He became the lieutenant governor, and then what do you know those establishment votes that were being split between Todd Young and Eric Holcomb? Well, they just went away. Mitch McConnell gave Todd Young a gajillion dollars, and Todd Young got to be a U.S. senator. It's a donor and lobbyist Christmas miracle. Jim, did I miss anything from 2016?
2: Well, it's everybody's happy, right?
1: <laughs> everybody except the Hoosiers. Yeah, yeah. Everybody except our pocketbooks are mm-hmm. happy. Hey, Jim, where can everybody find you? What are you doing these days?
2: Twitter at Jim Underline Merritt uh, Merritt the Morning Podcast and Jim Merritt's Indiana Podcast.
0: He is a national treasure, Jim Merritt. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.